Hello, everyone. My name is Paula Borges-Stalker, and this is Calling All Angels. You probably tuned in and trying to figure out what the heck is Calling All Angels. Well, let me tell you a little bit how I got started and what this Calling All Angels is all about. So let's backtrack. Start off about four years ago. My best friend, one of my best friends, uh, who owns a photography studio, called me up and she said, Hey, Paula, uh, you want to come with me? I'm going to a shelter and um, I'm donating my, my photography services to the moms and the children's there and I need somebody to help me with the kids. And I said, Yeah, what the heck? Why not? Do something nice. Go to a shelter. I thought I'd give myself some kudos for showing up at a shelter. Look at me. I'm so cool. So I go. And before I go, I looked on their website, and I said, let me bring a donation. I don't want to show up empty-handed. So I looked on the website, and it said, diapers are strongly needed. And I said, perfect. I'll get diapers. I go to BJ's, buy some diapers, put them in the car, go to the shoot. I was dumbfounded, so I go to the shoot, and I met a wonderful woman by the name of Denise, And I was talking with her about the donations. And I said, oh, you know, I have some diapers in the car that I brought. And she just lit up. She's like, oh, my gosh, really? You have diapers? And I said, yeah. I said, I brought you some, you know, four cases of diapers. And she says, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. You have no idea how much that's going to help. And I said, really? Like, don't you guys just get diapers given to you by the state? And she said, oh, no, no, no. Um, As a matter of fact, we can only give each parent eight diapers. And I said, oh, wow, eight diapers a day. That that might be tough. And she goes, oh, no, honey, that's eight diapers a week. I couldn't believe it. I literally dropped my jaw and I just became completely dumbfounded. I got home, I thought about it and I thought about it and I, I kept thinking about when my kids were little and I thought, my gosh, we went through eight diapers in a day. How in the world can they go through eight diapers in a week? But basically what she was saying is we can only provide eight diapers to you. The rest of them, you're going to have to figure out how to get on your own. Now, these women and men were in a shelter, so obviously they're not living large. I couldn't even believe it. So I started to think about it, and I said, well, what can I do? How can I help this shelter? How can I make it possible for them to have diapers? Every single baby should go to bed with a warm clean, dry diaper. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I got on the computer. I started to research. I called diaper banks, and they told me the same thing. You know, you could apply. You could put in your name. But, you know, diapers are already committed to, you know, designated places, and we really can't help you. I called the Pampers companies, the Huggies companies, and pretty much got the same response. We do what we can, but You know, we really can't help you. So I thought to myself, well, I'm just going to have to turn to social media. The first thing I did was post it on my friends, on my own personal Facebook. And I just explained the situation that I was going to a shelter and that they had no diapers for their babies. And slowly I started to get diapers in from my friends, but it still wasn't enough that I really felt like, oh, I'm really making an impact And I thought to myself, what can I do? How can I help this shelter? I don't know anything about, you know, fundraising or anything like that. So I just said, well, let me crowdsource 
And I got onto my community page, which I happen to live in Wilmington, Massachusetts, and I posted. And I said very frankly, I volunteered at a shelter, and they don't have enough diapers for their babies. Uh, WIC, which is a mother assistance program that supplies some food um, for babies and moms. Well, they didn't cover diapers. And within 24 hours, I'd have to say within 24 hours, Amazon started delivering. And they didn't stop. And over the next two weeks, I collected a U-Haul full of diapers. There were so many diapers that I have one of those big foyers in my house. I couldn't even walk through into the kitchen without diapers on either side of me. It was just amazing the way that people responded. Um, I took all those diapers. We rented a U-Haul, and I delivered them to the shelter, and they just couldn't believe it. They said, how did you do this? And I said, well, I just went on social media, and I asked. And they were like, really? And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, I literally just asked. And so that started the whole ball rolling. I got enough diapers for them to the point where they couldn't even store all the diapers I had. I had all these extra diapers, and I said to myself, what am I going to do? I still have probably 50 boxes of diapers. Well, I happen to be on social media again, and I saw a post about a food shelter, I mean a food pantry in uh, Everett, and they were looking for diapers. So I messaged the lady, and I said, well, I happen to have some diapers. I'd love to come and offer them to you for your food pantry. Um, I took my husband, and we drove down there with another U-Haul full of diapers, and I met this wonderful woman, Irene, who runs this wonderful food pantry called Everett Grace Food Pantry. And she showed me around, and she told me, you know, how many families they feed, how many people they feed. And I just got hooked. I started going there and volunteering there, and I just saw the complete level of poverty that people are living in. I remember specifically my oldest daughter, who is now a teacher, when she first started college, her very first week of college, she called me up and she said, Mom, you're never going to believe this, but my roommate, well, she lives in Lowell. She doesn't have a computer. And I said, well, yeah, um, not everybody does, honey. And she, she's just like, I can't believe it. Well, why didn't her parents buy her a computer? And I said, not everybody can afford it. you know. But then I started to realize I have three daughters who are living in this complete bubble. They have no idea what the world is out there, how much poverty, how much need is out there. I wanted to show them what an example I could be for them to show them that the world is not exactly rose-colored all the time and how much you could contribute as a, as a person to helping these people. So fast forward, I got very involved with the Evergrace Food Pantry, and then I started to get involved with another organization called the Phoenix House. So the Phoenix House is a shelter for battered women, not only are they a shelter for battered women, they exclusively deal with women with specific needs. 
mental handicaps, physical handicaps, um, anything that would put them at a disadvantage for a regular um, safe house, they could go to the Phoenix house, and they have a multitude of services there from therapy to um, lawyers, all kinds of things, from, from soup to nuts, really. They're a wonderful, wonderful organization. So I hooked up with this woman. Her name is Nikki. And, you know, I talked to her and I said, well, you know, what could you be needing? What do you need down there at the Phoenix House? And she said, well, to be honest with you, when we get our families in, they all have to sleep in the same bed because we don't have cribs. We have a certain amount of twin beds in the in the facility, and if you have five kids, then they're all going to have to share a bed, including babies. So I said, wait a minute, you don't have cribs for babies? And she said, no. So once again, I got on my mission, and I said, let me go out to social media. Let me see what I could do. And my friend Irene and I, we put a post out there, and we said, we're needing cribs for this safe house. We're needing you know, diapers and clothes and all this stuff. These families have nothing. And the response I got, again, was tremendous. I got, I think, 32 pack-and-play cribs. Um, so many donations that we filled up a box truck and we drove it down to a meeting place that I had with a safe house. Because they're a safe house, they couldn't give me their address because these women are in hiding. They don't want to be sought out. Um, so I met this woman and I found out what they did and how they operate and what they do for these women. And once again, I got hooked. So these directors of the safe house would call me and they'd say, well, you know, I'm getting a new family in uh, tomorrow. They have a baby. You know, is there anything you can do to help us? What? And I said, well, what do you need? Well, you know, we need clothes, six to nine months or whatever the age was. And the woman is size five. And I said, well, let me go back on social media. And I just felt like I had this amazing squad of angels out there. I don't know these people. I Most of them I don't know. They don't know me on a personal level. They only know me by what I write. But yet they had the utmost trust in me that I was going to do the right thing by distributing all of their precious goods that they worked so hard for. So I posted to social media and I said, you know, I have a family at a safe house who needs this, this, and that. Before I knew it, I had a tremendous amount to donate to them. And so that is what started the Calling All Angels. Whenever I post on social media that I need something, I call out to my angels. And I, I preface it by saying, Calling All Angels. And then I'll post whatever I need. And, you know, now it's to the point four years later, that if I ask for something, within the hour, it's at my doorstep. Sometimes I sit there and I say, where are they? Are they down the street waiting for me to post something? But they do. They, they always come through. And the messages that I've been getting, the response that I've been getting from people is, we've always wanted to help. We just didn't know how. And they're right. I didn't know how to do it. I started this just going to volunteer with a friend. I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd be sitting here today doing a podcast about what I do. Um, it's been such an honor 
to receive all these donations. I've had so many wonderful people reach out to me from Girl Scout troops, um, people who have lost their loved ones and want to donate their clothes, other people who just want to donate uh, their time to help me sort through this clothes. As it is now, all my donations come to my house. They come to my door, my garage. Um, I sort everything by ages. I have all these bins for ages and sizes and all this stuff, and I sort them. That way, when I get a call from a family in need, from a family who's been displaced by fire, by the safe house um, people, I have what I need on stock, and I continue to help them because I, I feel passionate about what they do, and the stories I hear are so incredibly heartbreaking that I can't not help them. But in the interim, I'm still doing my diaper collections. Um, to date, I have collected over a million diapers. I have distributed over a million diapers. And you're probably wondering, who do you distribute them to? Well, let me tell you some of the people that I've distributed to over the years. Um, obviously, the shelters. I keep them stocked so that no baby needs a diaper or wipe. Um, as word got around... People have been messaging me with their stories. They'll say, you know, I'm hard up for this or that, and I need some help. So, sure, I'll help you whenever I can. Um, a lot of times lately it's been grandparents who have had custody of their grandchildren. There's a huge drug epidemic out there, and a lot of these grandparents are getting stuck with their grandchildren and I know um, personally one gentleman who volunteers with us at the food pantry, and uh, he had to come out of retirement to raise his now three very small grandchildren. Uh, so I help people like that. Um, any type of veteran, I have a woman that I, I help out with diapers, and her husband is deployed, and she contacted me through the food pantry she went to the food pantry because she wasn't making ends meet, which blew my mind. If you have somebody overseas fighting for us, we should be giving you everything that you need to support that while they're gone. But, you know, that's not the way it always works. So I've been bringing her diapers every month for over a year now. Um, some schools have hit me up for diapers that have handicapped children, so I gladly give them diapers. And then on the third Sunday of the month, I go down to the food pantry, and I will distribute diapers. Um, sadly, I can't give every family a case of diapers. I wish I had enough to do that. So what I do is I take a case, and I cut it up into four, and each family gets a fourth of a package of diapers, which is probably 30 diapers. But that's all I can afford to give them. I don't have that many that I could give a person a case um, along with that, I've collected formula and clothes and whatever they need. Sometimes I get calls um, from foster parents. They're about to get a new foster baby. Uh, they don't have anything. They weren't prepared. It was an emergency placement. Do I have a crib? Do I have everything a baby could need? Well, yes, I do. I happen to have everything a baby needs because I keep it on stock. So I have blankets and diapers and bottles and clothes and Everything to get a baby started, I have. And I will help you with that. Um, my community has just been mind-blowing. I cannot tell you a single instance that I, I reached out 
for assistance that I didn't get an avalanche, literally an avalanche of donations. If I ask for one pair of socks, I'll get a thousand pair of socks. It's just incredible. Like I, I just feel so lucky to be in this position because now I can help three safe houses that I'm helping. I can help two shelters. I can help a food pantry. Um, but I couldn't do it without all of these donations. I, I don't have a salary for it. I do this on my own time. Um, so I, I solely de- rely on donations. And people are just just incredible. Just today, I received, uh, I was gifted a check from a local pizza parlor for any supplies I might need. Um, we have an amazing restaurant in town named Tremezzo's, and they help us every year with a coat drive. Um, those coats are for families that literally have nothing. At the food pantry that I that I volunteer at, we have over 300 families who come every month for food, clothes, and diapers. And I pretty much supply all the clothes and all the diapers. But when you see people outside waiting in the cold, in the rain, in the sleet, in the sun to get somebody else's hand-me-down clothes, then you know you're poor. These people sometimes have no jackets, they have no hats, they have no gloves. It's a real problem. And and organizations like Tremezzo's and uh, UPS in my town, who's been so graciously collecting all these donations, I couldn't do this. I couldn't run around to all of these locations by myself. It would just take me all day and all night. And they have just stepped up and they gather it all for me and give it to me. And I'm just thrilled. We had I had another organization this past uh, August and September, Hair Extreme, who helped me out by doing a backpack drive. Now, some of the kids at the shelter, well, not some, all of them, they really show up with nothing. They either come from a hospital or a police station. There's not many other ways to get to a safe house than that. So they show up with the clothes on their bodies. It's not like they have time to pack. They don't have time to plan. This is an extremely abusive situation, and they need to get out now. So they show up, and I'm able to give them what they need. Um, Some of the children at our food pantry, you know, would be going to school with a plastic bag versus a backpack. And when you're a kid, it's just such a big deal to go to school on the first day of school to have a new outfit and a backpack. So this year, I was collecting backpacks for the kids, and I received over 400 backpacks. Not only are they backpacks, but they're full of school supplies. So I was able to donate backpacks to backpacks to all the schools in my area some of the schools in other areas. My daughter happens to be a, a teacher in an inner city school in Worcester, and they really have a, a low-income uh, families. So I was able to gift them 75 backpacks. It's just been such a miraculous thing to do this because I never thought I'd be in this position. I thought, you know, I'm a nurse by trade, and that's probably what I'll always be. But now that I'm doing this and my kids you know, see this, they've been, they've experienced it, they, you know, they live it with having donations in the house. And, you know, I need this, I need that. And they're always 
crawling over things to get to something because my garage is completely full of stuff. But I think deep down, it's good for them. I, I've seen them do things that um, is an example of their kindness and their good heart. My daughter, being the teacher, she'll come to me and she'll get clothes for some of her students or she'll get jackets for them or backpacks. You know, my youngest one went to college and she told me she signed up for, you know, a service um a service type of club, which I was so proud of. My middle daughter has come down to food pantry to help us out. I mean, the whole family gets involved in this because it's so important. You know, it might be us someday. It might be us. Something happens to them. I've had more families tell me their stories um, about how they got there. I I remember this one specific man um, at a shelter up in Haverhill. He was a wonderful father. He he had these two little girls. They must have been about five and three years old. And he just was a nice guy. He was so attentive to them. And did you brush your teeth? And did you do this? And did you do that? And I just couldn't believe how well he was treating their daughters. And I said to him, I said, you know, if you don't mind me asking, how did you get here? How did you wind up in a shelter? You know, he seemed so put together. And he said, well, let me tell you. You know, I was married to the girl's mother, and she was, she had some psychological issues. Well, one day she stabbed somebody in front of my daughter, and she went to jail. My daughter had to testify and, you know, go to a counselor. She, I had all these legal meetings I had to go to. He said, all of a sudden, I was missing days from work because I didn't have child care. My wife's in prison. I have to take this one to the therapist. That one has to go to the doctor. Before long, within two months, he said, I lost my job. And he said, I, I had what little savings I used up. I don't have family in the area. And I just got to the point where I just couldn't do it. So I wound up here in the shelter. And I think about that guy all the time, like, boy, that could be us. You know, that could be me. If something happened to my husband, if something, you know, what would happen? We never know. Um, I, I also remember specifically a lady that, we used to see down at the food pantry and she was a superintendent of schools at one point. And on the night of her husband's wake, she had her first drink and she never stopped. When we saw her down at the food pantry, <clears throat> she was with another person who was homeless. And because shelters will only take you, um, like women's shelters will only take women, men's shelters will only take men, um, she would not leave him. So she was literally living on the streets with him, and she had no shoes. We wound up giving her a pair of shoes. And just I, I just see these people and how things can, you know, the, the cards could just topple over and you get to this point of desperation. Where do you go? Who do you turn to? I don't know. So I started this, and people now turn to me. And I've started to see some of the benefits that some of the people that I have helped out, and it's it's almost like a drug. You want to do it more and more and more. I have this one girl um, that I'm so proud of, and she's the mother of twins, and she's single. Her her baby's father is in prison, and she's raising these babies alone. And she, if she weighs 80 pounds, I'd be surprised. She's so tiny and so cute, and she comes off as like, you know, a really tough girl. Um, she's had her issues. She's been in prison, but now she's a mom and I offered her diapers and I could tell she was a little hesitant. Like, 
you know, who is this lady? What are we going to do? Um, she did accept after some time, and I started bringing her diapers. And after about six months, I noticed that she would keep popping up on my Facebook. Can I help you with this? Can I help you with that? Hey, I have this. Hey, I have that. And then all of a sudden, she just decided to do her own collection to donate to the safe house. And she did a wonderful job. She collected all all these toiletry bags and filled them with stuff for these women. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, you know, did I have a part in that? Like, maybe that'll help her stay on the straight and narrow. Maybe, you know, this love of giving, of, of helping others will help her. Because I know it helps me. I wake up every day and I, and I say to myself, man, how did I get so lucky? You know, I have all these people that I can reach out to day or night. And they will instantly be there. I don't know them. I will probably never know them, yet they're there, like my little angels. So I started it by calling all angels. Um, And that's what this podcast is going to be about. And I think um, what I'm going to do is start bringing in people that I help. I'd like to talk to some of the people about domestic abuse and talk to one of the directors of the safe house and see if she can explain to us the whole process of the safe house and how they, p- women get there and what happens after they get there and how these beautiful donations impact their life. Um, I'd also like to talk to some of the donors, some of the people that have given so incredibly generously um, from their organizations, their businesses, their restaurants, just to help others. Like I would like to have them on here so they know what an impact it makes for others. Um, I do hope through this that I can help more people. My goal is to reach as many people as possible. Maybe you yourself are in need. Maybe you're feeling like you just can't do it on your own. Well, I'm always here. You could call, you could text, you could message, you could go right on Facebook and look me up. And I usually can get you what you need within reason. Um, I did help a young girl recently who was raising her nephew, and she just started college, and so she didn't have a computer, and I got her one. Somebody graciously donated, and that's, to me, just plain love. Like, these people are doing it out of the kindness of their heart. I could be taking all these donations and selling them. You know, they don't know, but they have the faith in me that I'm doing the right thing, and I will always do the right thing because it's so important to me. I have such a passion and such a drive to help others now. I I can't stop. Once you see the faces of these little children who get a brand new Christmas toy or they get a brand new backpack or I'm able to give them sneakers, um, you can't turn back from that. I had a little girl once that we gave sparkly sandals to. They were still attached with the store hook, the little rubber band thing, and She wouldn't put them on because they were too pretty. She carried them around in her little purse for weeks because she didn't want to ruin them. Now, this is a little girl who didn't have shoes at all. So I wound up giving her an extra pair so she could wear one pair and have the other one as her emergency backup pair. She was all of four years old and as cute as a button. But um, when you see that, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee the women that are so badly beaten. You can't see the homeless people on the street. Um, 
that come to our food pantry and we help out. And they're so kind and they're so grateful and so gracious. And a lot of them come back as volunteers. I can't tell you how many people we have had who themselves are recipients. They come, they they help us at, at the food pantry, you know, storing things or hanging up things, but they have a feeling of self-worth by doing that. And so we like to encourage that by by making it worth their while. We give them food, we give them clothes, we give them whatever they need, uh, and they have a real sense of belonging. And throughout this whole thing, I have met such wonderful people that come to, to help me in my garage. Like, you just get to know people that you wouldn't otherwise know. I've lived in this town for 22 years, and not, I, don't, I hardly know anybody. But these women and these men and these children, high schoolers, they all come and they help me in my garage. And you get to talk to them. And, you know, I get to ask them, why are you doing this? And they all have different reasons. And it's it's always so good to hear that feedback. So my goal for this podcast is to kind of portray stories of of hope to other people. Maybe, maybe that'll spread the love and we could keep it up. Um, and if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to hear, I would gladly take them. Um, this is my first time doing this podcast, so you're going to have to be patient with me. Uh, so many of you might ask, what do I need? Well, diapers are always, always, always needed, and I can never keep them in stock. So that's my one number one um, request is diapers. The other thing I collect is clothing, uh, clothing for women and children and men, seasonal appropriate clothing. How can you get it to me? Well, you can look on Facebook. I'm listed at, on Facebook as Paula Borges Stalker. It's B-O-R-G-E-S hyphenated S-T-A-L-K-E-R. Yep, my last name is Stalker. I married a stalker. Uh, you could message me, um, and we can coordinate pickup or drop-off. Most of the time, people donate things to the UPS store in Wilmington. There's a big bin there. You could just pop in, drop it, and go. Um, I post my needs pretty much weekly on Facebook as to what I need, so I don't get too much of one specific thing. Um and thanks for listening. This is Paula Borges Stalker, and, and talk to you next time.